Well, good morning. It's so good to be here and uh, good to see you all. It's good to see so many new faces. And uh, every time we come back and visit our church, we see all these faces that we do not know. And uh, so it's good to kind of be here and have a chance to communicate to you all and let you know where we are and how things are going. I tell you, when I see that picture of me up here on the screen, I look so old. Every time, I mean, boy, the years are creeping up on me. And, uh, and, uh, but listen, it's the near year 2022, and I'm excited about this year. Amen? I hope you are as well. And uh, uh, me and my wife decided this year it's 2022, and once again, we're going to try to work on our diet, you know. And we saw some of the members, you know, like Brother Jerry, just, you know, tried this carb, uh, low-carb diet, you know. I figured, hey, if he can do it, we can do it, you know. And so we jumped on it right away, first of the year, and been uh, trying to focus on that, you know, cutting the bread and the noodles and the rice, which is hard for us, especially being for so years in the Philippines, where rice was so prominent in each meal. And then uh, Angela, of course, is here for the holidays. And then my wife last week went down to the grocery store and bought four or five boxes of ice cream, big, giant boxes of ice cream, and put them in the freezer. And so uh, it lasted a few weeks, and now we're back to fighting carb again. Amen. But uh, anyway, we're so glad to be here, and good to see you all. And again, um, uh, we are your missionaries out of your church. And uh, we uh, have, uh, have been on what's called deputation. And we started at the beginning of, of COVID, actually. And just when we started our deputation, boom, we got, I mean, we started like a month before uh, COVID started. And we booked up the whole year. And as soon as we booked it up, COVID hit and the, the whole first year's meetings were canceled. And so that kind of threw us off. And so we just came back and focused on uh, uh, working here. And then, uh, and then finally things started clearing up. So really, really, uh, it's only been like a year and a half that we've been on deputation. We started out this year. Uh, at 30%. We took off with that one little bit we had. And then uh, we booked up uh, last year of solid, and we traveled like we have never, never traveled before. I was calculating the miles, and we have traveled uh, over 70,000 miles last year. And, and that was in the RV from meeting to meeting, literally had meetings every single weekend. And uh, we just came back from two months up in northern Yukon in Canada, and a month over in Alaska. Uh, last month was in Alaska where it was the negative uh, 38 degrees in Fairbanks. We let it froze to death. All the water lines froze up on the RV and everything. It was kind of, uh, it was unusual. But we made it and we survived. And uh, we ended up the year, God blessed tremendously. But now we're around at least 71%. Amen. So we started out at 30%. And those of you that may not be familiar with missionaries, what we do is uh, we go and preach. We present our ministry and God's calling in our lives. And if church, churches feel led of the Lord, they take us on for financial support. And then once you get to a certain level that you can go over there to whatever field that God has called you and you can be self-supporting and start focusing on missions and meet that level, then you leave, you go there. And those churches that take you on, they support you every month. And then with that, that's how you're financially able to survive on the mission field. And not only with your, uh, with your personal expenses, but also with the ministry expenses, especially uh, just getting started as well. And so God has blessed us, and right now uh, we're um, uh, around 71%. I'm now booking meetings for this year, and we are praying, and pray with us. We are praying that this late summer or early fall, we can go ahead and leave for the field of Hong Kong. Amen? And so we're quite thrilled about this. We did spend... Those of you that are new here, we spent 22 years as missionaries in the Philippines. We came back and did one year sabbatical. And because of that, we're now basically starting deputation all over again. But God has richly blessed us, and God has really been good to us and gracious. And you all are our biggest supporters. Amen. So we're so thankful for that in so many ways. And so uh, pray for us uh, right now. And reason, we, you know, how many of you... 
have, not, don't, you know, have never even seen us raise your hand. And uh, most of you only seen us on the picture on the wall like that. And we come in, and every time we come, we dropped, we dropped in a couple of times last year, and people would say, hello, how are you doing? Are you a visitor here, you know? And they shook our hands. <laughs> no, actually, we're members of your church. We're missionaries out of your church, you know. Uh, but then I'll go to members as well and say, hey, are you new here? Are you a visitor? Well, we've been coming, Brother Kevin, for six months, you know, uh, already. And so it kind of goes both ways. Uh, but me and uh, 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 Brother Jerry and, uh, and uh, Brother Kashmir, and uh, I'm missing Brother um, Caleb. Uh, we're all our missionaries out of your church, and we are either on the mission field or going there. And so we are part of your family. Amen. And so, uh, and so I'm, I'm quite thrilled to be here today, have the opportunity to preach. Now, with that thought in mind, go to your Bibles, and we're going to go to just a couple of basic Bible verses uh, this morning. And this message may not be something new uh, 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 for the old-time members that are here, but uh, those of you that are new and maybe not quite familiar with what missionaries and what they do, this will be something to sort of encourage you from the Scriptures about who we are, what we do, and what your responsibility is as a church as well. So go to your Bible with me this morning, and we'll read a couple of verses, and this will be sort of a jump-off start, and then we'll get right into the Scriptures. And again, I want to sort of encourage you <clears throat> to, to see what your part is, ought to be when it comes to involving with your missionaries or being involved. So, Matthew chapter 28, go to your Bible, look at verse number 16. This is a core verse in scriptures. It's so important because it really gives us the marching orders uh, as the local New Testament church. It says in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse number 16, the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went away unto Galilee, unto a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, with that verse in mind, go to the book of Acts. Again, a quite familiar verse. And uh, we just saw you as a jumping start this morning. Uh, Acts chapter 1 in your Bible, and look at Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Again, a very core verse in Scripture that really gives us our focus about the purpose of the local New Testament church. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says here, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let us pray. Father, once again, we thank you so much for an opportunity here, Lord, to be back in our home church. Thank you, Lord, for our pastor, Sam. And I pray, Lord, that you might use him today as he preaches back in his home church. And, Lord, again, help me today to be an encouragement. And, Lord, my heart and my lips and my mouth. And may we learn something today that, that will help us in this area of missions and our responsibility. And we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I was reading, I remember whenever we were traveling about four or five months ago, we were heading out somewhere in a town up in the north, uh, northeast. I can't even remember the town. We had a meeting up there. It's been a, a while that we were there. But I remember we arrived there on Saturday afternoon as we were walking through town, just kind of taking an afternoon walk. We noticed, we stopped by a, a church. And whenever we saw that church, 
uh, it was kind of shocking because when we saw it, it was obviously a church. It had the steeple on top, had the cross on top of it. But yet in the front yard of that church, uh, there were a bunch of old junky cars that had been there for many, many years. Uh, there were toys out in the front part of the church, if you will, out in the, the area between the church and the main road. And as we looked at it, uh, it looked quite junky, and it looked like it was not even a church at all. And then we realized, I went back online and checked, and I realized that that used to be a Baptist church. But something had happened to that Baptist church, and now uh, someone had bought it and rented it out, and now it became a, a, a low-income housing area where people were staying there, and literally the place was falling apart. And when I saw that, uh, it really was kind of sad to my heart because we're thinking, here was a church in the center of town that was here preaching the Word of God, teaching the Scripture to, to believers, if you will, but now it's simply a place for low-income housing where people were living there and destroying their property and no longer being a lighthouse in in the community that it once was at that time. I remember also uh, reading an article in the uh, paper. It's been a, just uh, a few weeks ago, but it was an article about churches over uh, in England. Now, if you go to England right now, there are a lot of churches that are still there, but I found out because of the attendance of the churches in England had gotten so low that many of them no longer are churches anymore, and, uh, and now they're being converted to the things other than churches. Look what this article says. It says, at one, uh, at one church, the only thing being worshipped is beer. At another, gleaming cars are on sale in the parking lot. And increasingly, it seems a different kind of conversion is taking place in Britain's churches. Thanks to a steady decline in religion and the high cost of maintaining these historic buildings, a rising number of churches are being given new lives that may have horrified their founders. Behind the imposing red brick facade of the Presbyterian Church in North London's Upper Market, Muswell Hill District, throbbing pop music and barrels of beer are the first clues that there is a new congregation. The soaring Gothic arches remain, but, but instead of an altar, uh, there is a huge bar, while tables and stools and slot machines stand in place of the pews. Built in 1902, the church's beautiful exteriors remain unchanged, but inside it is an Irish bar or a pub. If it, if it was a church, there would only be two or three people there. But on Friday and Saturday, now those empty churches are packed. And they're not being packed with Christians. They're being packed with people that come there to gamble and to drink and to get drunk. As a matter of fact, if you read the article and continue reading it there, there was even a, uh, one lady that bought a church. And, uh, and, and she said, uh, and turned it into a business. And inside that building, she had prominent pictures of nude people inside that building that once was a house of God, a huddled place where the word of God was preached and proclaimed all throughout that land. And what I learned a long time ago that if we as a local church, if we don't understand and go back to the very basics and realize what our purpose is and what our responsibilities are as a New Testament church, the same thing that happened in Britain can happen to River City Baptist Church as well. We are here for a purpose. This is a New Testament church. This is not a man-made organization. It's not a place that's been suddenly invented by religion, so we have a, an opportunity to come together. But this is a New Testament church established by the Lord Jesus Christ, empowered in the book of Acts, and this is a place that has an absolute purpose. Amen? And that purpose is, is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If we as a local church get away from that foundational truth that teaches us, that the Bible teaches us in Scripture, if you will, then we will lose our foundation uh, in our lives and we will begin to go astray and what happened to them can also happen to us. 
The fact is, missions is not just something that's a new idea. It's not some new idea that we come up in our generation. It's something from the very beginning that God desires us to be involved. Now, back in Matthew 28, the Bible says here, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. So Jesus says here, he's about to ready. He's already been crucified. He's already stayed for a, a, a short amount of time after his resurrection. And now before he goes back up into the clouds to return back to the Father there, Jesus wants to make sure that this is what your purpose is. This is why you are existing. This is the last thing that he says. And the Bible says here, he wants to remind them, he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. We're not to sit here to soak in the sour and to become educated religious people. We're to take the word of God that he's taught us and the gospel and to leave this place and to go out to the community and the highways and the hedges and to go to places even all nations, as the Bible says here, and preach and proclaim Jesus as the one and only Savior of mankind. Amen? As a matter of fact, that is not something new that's even in the, in the New Testament. It was even taught in the Old Testament. Listen to these verses here. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 2 and verse 8, it says this, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. In Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2, the Bible declares, God be merciful unto us, and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. The Bible says in the book of Mark, move over to the New Testament. Mark 16, 15, it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in Luke chapter 24, the Bible says in verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sin shall be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And finally in Acts 1:8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And the Bible says, ye shall be witnesses unto me. And then the Bible even gives a beginning start. He says, first in Jerusalem and in all Judea and then Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we start here in Jacksonville and then we go to Florida and then we go to America and then the Bible says we go into literally the uttermost parts of the earth, the darkest places, the most remote places. If there is not a lighthouse of the gospel in that location, then God desires for our church to send somebody there and get the gospel out. That's not something we should think about, we should pray about because God has already commanded us to do it and because he's commanded us, we should be involved in missions. Amen. If you are involved in a church that is not supporting missionaries and emphasizing the call to missions, then you, you pack up your, clothes, your, your membership and move somewhere else and go to a church that's doing what God wants them to be. If you are in a church where your pastor does not preach missions and soul winning locally and abroad, you kick him out of your church and get you a true man of God that's in that church that will emphasize and preach the word of God and our responsibility as a local New Testament church. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. It's important. It is essential. It's the reason that we exist. If we are not doing this, we're just become a religious social club. If we do not do this, we begin to go astray. Uh, and, and that happens all the time. And so what I'm saying today is uh, I want to today to encourage you and I want to emphasize to you that we are missionaries and this is what missionaries do. And you as a local church, you have a responsibility in the area of missions. And so the pastor, I was talking to him last week, he said, Pastor Kevin, he said, I want you to, we got a lot of new members in our church and a lot of them do not know about missions, how we do missions, if you will. So you as a missionary, I want you to explain to them and from the word of God what the purpose 
purpose of missions is and how that they individually can get involved and help our missions outreach and our missions program. And the challenge today is this. If you are not involved in missions, if you will, and we'll discuss that this morning, if you're not involved in missions, why not get involved? Amen? Do not be just someone that comes and sits in the pew and does not participate what God wants to do. If you're not involved with missions, get involved because that is what God desires from us. Amen? So what I'm going to do today is we're going to go to the Bible and we're going to look at some samples in the scriptures where the church got involved with their missionary. If we're going to see how they got involved with the missionary, and that'll be examples for you and I to follow today. If we're going to do that by using the Greek word propempo. Now, the Greek word propempo is mentioned nine times in the Bible, specifically in the New Testament, and it has to do with local churches giving or helping missionaries that they are associated with. Now, that Greek word in the Bible has multiple different meanings, and, and, and so we'll bring these words out tonight, look at the examples and the practical examples in the Bible, and to try to apply that to you and I today. The word uh, propempo in the Bible, it means to be brought. It means being brought. It means to bring forth or to accompany and support it. It also means prayer support, moral support, backing someone up, and also monetary support as well. And we'll dig into some of those this morning. And maybe today, God can begin to enlighten our mind. Remember, this is the Bible. Amen? The Word of God. If God puts it in there and God commands us to do this, we ought to be doing it today. Amen? So first of all, go back to your Bible this morning. And for number one, first of all, uh, we should be uh, supporting our missionaries in financial support. Now go back to your Bible, look at Acts chapter 15 this morning. Acts chapter number 15. And uh, we'll start out with that. Now this is kind of like the obvious, uh, but again, we'll look at it this morning. We'll look at that Greek word and we'll see how, again, we can <clears throat> apply that to our lives today and help us in our church. Are you with me today? Amen. All right, Acts chapter 15. In your Bible, uh, now here in the book of Acts chapter 15, here we have the Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul just finished up his first missionary journey. He's coming home for a furlough, this particular uh, location in the Bible. And he's coming home and to report what God has done for him on the mission field. So look at Acts chapter 15, verse number 1, it says, And certain men which came down from Judea talked to brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised, after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. And by the way, uh, the reason is because at this particular time, there were some religious people. They were teaching, hey, salvation comes through Jesus Christ, but you also must be circumcised. There must be some kind of physical religious act that you do with that in order to become a Christian. Of course, we understand, we understand today that we're not saved by good deeds. Amen? It's not getting saved plus going to church and plus being good and plus giving. It's Jesus Christ, him, and him alone. Amen? He is the way. He is the truth. Uh, he is the life. And my friend, there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. So the Bible says here, uh, it says, uh, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dis disputations with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Then the Bible says, and being brought on by their way or on their way by the church. Now, the word being brought there is the Greek word propempo, and again, it means to give financial aid and financial help. So the Bible says here, and being brought uh, on their way uh, by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. So as these men come back after their first missionary term on the mission field, traveled over a 1,000 miles, many of that was
disciples by foot. They come back and report all the souls getting saved. And as they were coming back, the local church realized that these are missionaries. These are our missionaries. And when they come back, they have traveling expenses. And therefore, we will bring them back. We will support them financially as they do travel and come to report what God has done in their life. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter number 13, not only do they support them here as they do traveling, but in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, whenever they leave their sending church there and they're sent out, if you will, they fasted, they prayed, they laid hands on them, and then they sent them out. And the idea is there, they sent them out with financial support and with prayers. And here again in Acts 15, they do the very same thing, even as they, as they are returning and they are traveling, realizing that these are missionaries and these men that have traveling expenses, they brought them, they supported them because they came back to the church and they began to report about all the souls getting saved, if you will, on the mission field. And the Bible said there was great joy unto all the brethren. Amen. I mean, they were happy because, hey, Paul reports back and souls are getting saved and they were thrilled to hear these reports. And what I'm saying today is here that as Paul went out and as he traveled and as he returned, they supported financially the Apostle Paul in his ministry. Amen. It was part of what they did as churches. And what I learned today is this, that as missionaries go out and do God's calling in their life, uh, they have to be supported. And what's so hard today is we American men, we always, we're very independent. And we're, and, we, and we're used to being self-supported, if you will. And we think, I can hell it up my way. I can take care of things that I do. But, if, but the reality is, that's not God's way. God's way is that they that, that preach the gospel must also live of the gospel. Those that are in full-time ministry must be supported by the ministry. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. So we do. And by the way, whenever missionaries go to foreign mission fields like Venezuela or like Hong Kong or a place, uh, or, or a place like Mexico, if you will, or Paraguay, when they go there, they're not going there because it's some decision that they made in their own heart. I'm going to go to Paraguay, I'm going to go to Hong Kong, and I think I'll plant a church. No, we are following God's will for our life. We're going because God has called us to go there. So we leave our careers, we leave our country, we follow God's calling where it may be, and we go and follow God's, wall, God's will. But as we do that, God says, you go there, God calls you, and therefore you, church back home, you support them to do God's will. Now the Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You cannot do that. Physically, I mean, you can go here locally into your town, into your community, but how can you go to the uttermost parts of the earth? You live here. You got a job. You're a member of this church. And so, therefore, either you, either you go or you send. Amen? And that's how it works. And so the Bible says here that they supported them, if you will, and they helped them on their way. Now, if I would have preferred to pay my own, if I had my own way, I would love to pay my own way and bear my own expenses. But I learned in time that this is unscriptural, and that's not God's revealed plan. Paul said, the labor is worthy of his hire. And he said, do not muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. And he also said in the Bible that those who labor faithful in the word are worthy of double support. So what I'm saying today is here that missionaries, we are to support them. Amen? If we don't support them and send them to go where God has called them, then we cannot fulfill the Great Commission. God will not be happy with our church. God's hand of blessing will not be upon us. So therefore, either we go or either we send by supporting them. Somebody say amen. Amen? That's what missionaries do. And so let me say today, if you are a missionary, well, Brother Kevin, I never heard about that. Brother Kevin, that's not something we ever did in our previous churches. Well, it may not be, but if it's in the Bible, we should be doing it. Amen? I mean, really. Uh, uh, there's a lot of churches you go to where they don't support missionaries at all. And it's a shame. 
I was in a church last year that was running 300 attendants on a, on a Sunday morning. It was jam-packed. We went there, and it was full of people. And as we were there, uh, uh, after the service, I ended up talking to the pastor. He was a Baptist preacher. And I said, man, you got so many people here, and good to see how God is blessing you will. And I said, how is the missions program? Uh, how many missionaries do you guys support? He said, brother, can we support one missionary? A local guy somewhere from Mexico. And so I know it's not very much. And I thought, what a shame. Here's a church that, that's got 300 attendants. you telling me you can only support one missionary? And my friend, listen, now doctrinally they may be, they may be sound in most of the things. My, my, my friend, God will not bless a church that's not following him to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. And if you are here today, if God's blessed you, why not get involved and start supporting missionaries? Amen. Do it. The Bible says it's better to give, more blessed to give than it is to receive. And by the way, we're not going there to, to teach people how to how to dig wells, and we're not going there to start businesses. We're not going there to, to live the good life. We're going to the mission that God has called us to obey the Great Commission, just like you are here, to reach lost people with the gospel so that they have an opportunity to be saved as you have here at River City Baptist Church. Amen? So, number one, you can support your missionary financially. Support him and get involved in missions. Uh, here at our church, we, we give the missions above our local tithe. So, we give our tithe, which belongs to the house of God. And above our tithe, we do give to missions. And it helps support our missionaries out of our church to go to the mission field and do what God has called them. Because if we do not do that, then missionaries suffer. Do you know that? We was in a church a few years ago, and me and my wife was at a missions conference, and we were just getting started on a new deputation. And we, uh, when we were there, we met a missionary named Brother Jeff, and he was a missionary that was a missionary in Bulgaria. And I remember, uh, and, 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 but they were back in America. And I remember as we were talking, uh, he said, we're going to go uh, back to the mission field. And I said, uh, well, what do you mean back to the mission field, as, as though he stopped for a period of time? And I found out that, that he was told by somebody that you can go to Bulgaria and live on $500 a month and live like a king. So we're going to raise 500 bucks a month. We're going to send you and your five children to Bulgaria and go there and supply for the family and plant churches and, and do the work of the Lord. And so he believed them, and he raised $500 from that church, from that one church, and off to Bulgaria he goes. Well, he goes to Bulgaria, and, 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 and he realizes right away, but man, rent here is like, you know, $250 a month. And then I got my food bill, and then I got medical insurance, and then I got to feed my children, and I got ministry expenses on top of that. And he realized that, man, he's, he didn't have enough money. And they struggled. And what happened was he was so embarrassed to write back and say, hey, we're struggling. We can't pay our bills because he's embarrassed to do that. And so they were there for a couple of years. But then their support went from like 500 down to like 350 because the sending church had some financial problems. And before long, they were starving to death. And not only that, they cannot even get enough money to buy plane tickets to come back to America and start deputation again. And whenever they came back, they were totally distraught. And they had to leave the mission field. Why? Because the people back home did not fulfill their responsibilities to hold that rope and support that missionary on the mission field. You see, whenever we don't give and do what God has called us to do, it absolutely affects the missionary. Absolutely. It's not cheap to be a missionary. Do you know my medical insurance on the, in the Philippines, when I was over there, uh, it was $1,000 a month. You know why? Because insurance companies in America 
don't want to support somebody living in another country. So therefore, if you're going to do that, you got to pay the money. A thousand dollars a month. That's expensive. And then on top of that, you got rental. On top of that, you got uh, feeding your family. You got homeschooling. You got ministry expenses. How in the world can you start a church if you're just getting started? You need a place to meet. Who's going to pay for the land? Who's going to pay for the property? Who's going to put the down payment on the building or the rental place to start having church? The missionary. See what I mean? So what I'm saying today is you support, number one, your missionary by financially giving to the missionary efforts. Amen? You give. Number one, not only should we support them financially, but number two, we can support our missionaries or help them by supporting them morally or encouraging them. Let me show what I mean. Go back to your Bible this time to Acts chapter 20. Again, we're looking at the word propempo. And where is that in the Bible? And, and how does it apply to what we are to do with missionaries today? Go to Acts chapter 20, verse 33. The Bible says here, it says, I have coveted no man's silver, nor gold, nor apparel. Ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. So as Paul traveled and did missionary work, if you will, the Bible says, he said, I coveted no man's silver. Because I had support as a missionary, I was able to do missionary work without asking lost people to give to my missionary efforts. And then he says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all, and they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the word for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. Look what the Bible says. And they accompanied him. That's the Greek word propempo. Now remember that means to give financially plus something else. And it says, they accompanied him unto the ship. So here not only does it mean financial help and support for the missionary, our missionaries, but also the Bible says as he went out to the ship, they followed along with him and they gave him hugs and they prayed for him and they encouraged him. The Bible says they were here and they accompanied him to the ship because they loved the Apostle Paul. He is our missionary. He's a man of God. And so they wanted to express their love to him. And Paul knew that if he went to Jerusalem, he would probably be bound and, and, and he may even die. As a matter of fact, Every time the apostle Paul invented some place, someone would rise up, filled with the Spirit of God, and say, Hey, don't go to Jerusalem because if you do, you're going to suffer. You're going to be kicked into prison. And they knew that. And so whenever they left, they tried to encourage him. They supported him. They went with him, if you will, and tried to give him some moral support as Paul left to go back to Jerusalem. So here's what I'm saying today that Paul traveled, he got discouraged many times. Let me say something, those people following him, those people spending time with him and, and, and just telling him that they love him and try to encourage him, that was a great motivation to the Apostle Paul. And may I say that applies even the same today. Not only just support your missionaries, we're not just some bill that you pay and that is it. We are your brothers. We are your sisters in Christ. We are a part of your family. So why not get involved and encourage and help your missionaries, Amen. Talk with them, email them, fellowship with them. Find out if they got troubles in their life. If you see them being stressed out, get involved, give counsel, give encouragement. Because, my friend, if you don't, the missionary can get discouraged and quit the mission field. I tell you, boy, it makes a really, really big difference. Because we were missionaries in the Philippines for 22 years. I remember when we came back, those of that were older members here, when we first came back, man, me and my wife, we were so discouraged. 
because of all that had happened and pastor come back let's just you need time uh, off you need time to to to, to recoup it. you're getting burnt out in the ministry i remember when we came back we were, we were just so discouraged we we're so emotionally discouraged spiritually discouraged physically exhausted and when we came back it was so thrilling because because Pastor Sam said, hey, brother, come on back, get into the church, be a part of the family, and we're going to help you and encourage you and get you back into the ministry. And well, whenever he said that to us, it was so encouraging. It was, I mean, to him, probably it was just a few words, but him being a preacher and knowing the stress that we were going through was such a tremendous encouragement to me and my wife to come back and, and eventually get restored back into the ministry. Let me say something. The same ought to be for you and I. When your children are down and downcast, just a word of encouragement, just a phone call late into the night, it helps them, it motivates them, it encourages them. And whenever missionaries are on the mission field and they're all alone and they're by themselves, and many times they've got nobody to talk to. Did you know that? I mean, who does a missionary talk to when they get discouraged? You, 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 you're scared to call back to your sending church pastor because he expects you to be Blowing in the going, souls getting saved, like the book of Acts on the mission field. Sometimes you can't talk to your members of your church there because they may think the pastor's not spiritually strong. you got no other missionaries there to talk to. It's just you and your wife. And because of that, man, you get who do you talk to? And so uh, having someone to communicate with, having someone to talk to, my. And, and it doesn't even have to be a preacher. When he came back, Brother Bill zeroed in on us immediately <laughs> and I, I remember when I came back he took the extra time to come to speak to me after the morning service you know and and he was so up he was so motivating he was so encouraging he was so trying to say things to really lift us up and sometimes we would spend an hour after church talking and my wife said you know are we leaving you know it's getting late you know but he was feeding my spirit he was he was encouraging my heart and that's a gift that God has given brother Bill and to him, maybe it's just a part of fellowship, but God used that in our life. How many times I went home, I said, Mary, I said, man, we had me and Brother Bill had a great fellowship. Boy, you know, I said, he's a Navy guy, but he's, he's pretty smart. Amen. He's actually pretty smart. <laughs> and I said, I learned some things, you know. And, and that's a gift that God has given him. Even when my son Matthew came, uh, Bill zeroes in on him, you know, hey, and starts talking about the Navy and how to make it through what he's doing and things to learn. And may I say this, these are encouraging words. And you can help your missionaries. we got churches down in Florida, down in Tampa area. Every week, somebody writes a note on a piece of paper, and then they give it to the pastor. Uh, and then the pastor takes a picture of that and sends it to us on email or maybe through, uh, through a text. And we read that. And, man, we like it because it's so encouraging. Brother Kevin, how's deputation going along? How's your wife doing? How's Angela doing in college at PCC? We're praying for you. And I tell you, it may be just a short note, but, boy, it makes a big, big difference. I tell you what, being a missionary, become, being a pastor, being a missionary, boy, the stress can go really, really strong. Let me give an example. Two weeks ago, uh, one, of, uh, one of the preacher boys uh, that we were very close to in the Philippines he called me up. He's a missionary uh, planting a church in a place called, uh, uh, an, an island called Ubai. He calls me up. He said, he said Pastor Kevin, and uh, he says, I am in the battle of my life. He said, my wife has just informed me that she's leaving me. He's pastoring two churches. He's got two of the most beautiful children, the sweetest children on the planet. But something has happened with his wife, and she says, I'm packing up. I got a job now, and I'm leaving. So for two or three weeks, we have been counseling with them. We've been talking with them. We've been trying to encourage them. 
And then just two nights ago, I got a, uh, or three nights ago, uh, we were talking. As we were talking, uh, he writes you back in a text. In the text, he says this. He says, I feel lonely and I am facing the fight of my life. For some reason, I am thinking of killing myself very strongly. If I don't have companionship tonight, he says, I may just do it. Here's a man that's a missionary. Here's a man that's a spiritual leader of two churches. And he is going through the battle of his life. And my friend, he needs encouragement, does he not? Are we going to take him and throw him in the trash and say, ah, he's got spiritual PTSD, he's beyond help. The fact is, he's our brother in Christ, he is a missionary, and he needs help. Let me say something. Missionaries are not superhumans. They're just like you and me. Your ministry is to minister here and do what God has called you to do. Our ministry is to minister there and to do what God has called us to do there. And we have have been diligently praying for him. We've been praying for his wife. And then finally, uh, I got a text last night from him. And he says, he says this. He says, I, I, I sent him a preaching message that encouraged me and my wife during our tough times. We counseled with them. I said, this message has really been a great blessing. So I, I forwarded that message to him. It was on YouTube. And he got the message, and it said this. He said, the preaching has encouraged me. He said, and he also he apologized to his son for his attitude recently. And, and his son said, he says, I am sorry too, Daddy. He says, but we have Jesus, and Jesus cannot be bad to us. The missionary's daddy said, he said, well, how do you know about that? He said, daddy, because you taught me that years ago. (laughs) So what I'm saying is he was on the verge of committing suicide. He's still battling with the issues with his wife. He lost income from his first church because because in the other church he was pastoring in, said, hey, you got problems, so therefore we're kicking you out. He had a sending church over in America, and the church said, hey, you got troubles with your wife, so therefore we're stopping your support. So now he lost his income. Now he lost the one church. Now he's back down to one church. One church says, no, you ain't because you got family problems. You ain't qualified. Get out. The other church says, hey, you're our pastor, and we love you. So you come back home. Y'all get settled in here, and we're going to do our best to help you and encourage you because you are our pastor. See the two differences? Now what I'm saying this is this. No, now listen, missionaries are tough. We went to my daughter said, Daddy, let's go watch that movie Spider-Man. Have you seen that new Spider-Man movie that came out? And I said, okay, I'll go, I'll go with you. So we went to watch that new Spider-Man movie. And in that movie, they got all three of the Spider-Mans in that movie. And halfway through the movie, they're all standing around in a circle, and they're sitting by each other, and they're all crying like babies. Oh, you know, I lost my daddy. Oh, I lost my girlfriend. And I thought, my, what a bunch of crying wimps. I thought these guys were heroes. What happened to the real heroes like Superman in the old days that were emotionally stable? What in the world is that, you know? And I left the movie saying, this is a retarded movie. I don't like this movie. Though. It's a bunch of wimpy guys. But the, but the reality is, people think that missionaries and pastors are heroes. And they can handle anything. But the fact is, we just like you are. And we battle these things in our life. And sometimes. A little bit of help, a little bit of encouragement can go a very, very long way. When's the last time you communicated with Brother Jerry? Hey, Brother Jerry, how you doing? You know, how's things going over there? When's the last time you put a prayer card on a 
refrigerator and pass by and say, hey, Lord, this brother's on a remote place, and Brother Caleb just got married, and he's on a remote place, don't have very much support. Lord, help him, encourage him as he labors down south. What about Brother Casimir? Boy, he's got a ministry that's laid on him every day. He's got all these birds all around. And sometimes I guarantee you he gets discouraged. Wouldn't it be a blessing if somebody said, hey, I'm going to email that brother. I'm going to say, hey, just let you know that we are praying for you. Amen. Because of time's sake, not only should we support them financially, not only should we morally encourage them so they would not uh, get discouraged, if you will, because that happens so, so many times in the ministry. But lastly, we should also pray for our missionaries. Amen. Pray. Go back to your Bible. We'll close out with this. Look at Acts chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. Acts chapter 21, verse number 1. The Bible says here, And it came to pass that after we were gotten from them and had launched, we came with a straight course to Coos, and the day following unto Rhodes, and from thence unto Patera, and finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. Now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand and sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre. And, for there, and there the ship was, un, was unladen her burden. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. And then said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. And when he had accompanied those, accomplished those days, we departed and went our way. And they all brought us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city. And we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. The Bible says right here, look what it says. It says, um, it says uh, and finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the what? Through the Spirit, capital S, that he should not go to Jerusalem. The apostle Paul says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And God told Paul in every city he went, do not go to Jerusalem. The Bible said the Spirit told people to tell Paul, do not go there. So was it God's will for Paul to go to Jerusalem? No. God told him many times, do not go. But because, because Paul, God called him to the Gentiles, but Paul had a heart for his own Jewish people, he still wanted to go for their sake to give them the word of God. So was Paul in God's perfect will going to Jerusalem? No, he wasn't. And they knew he wasn't. But even though they knew he wasn't in God's perfect will and he was not going where God wanted him to go, they knew that in his heart he was trying to do the right thing to reach his own people. So even though he was not in God's perfect will, they still loved him enough to pray for him before he went there. Amen. The Bible says here that with the wives and the children, they kneeled down on the shore and they prayed. So what I'm saying is this. But that missionary has made a lot of mistakes. He's not perfect. Well, neither are you. Amen. <laughs> He did some things. I, I heard about this. I saw that post on his social media. I don't know about that guy. Well, neither are you perfect. The fact is we're all come short, amen? We're all still battling this battle of the flesh. But we can pray one for another, amen? We can ask God to help them. And the Bible says that love covereth a multitude of sins. Does it not? If you love them, your love will be so great that you're willing to not be offended or not get, not get, uh, got, not get your... Um, uh, 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 not get so emotionally mad because your love for them was greater than the offense. Amen? And the Bible says they kneeled, not just the men, but the women and even the children and pray for that missionary as he headed to Jerusalem. What I'm saying today is this. Why not get involved? You say, well, Pastor Kevin, I am giving. Pastor Kevin, uh, I, I don't really have a way to communicate with them. But one thing you can do, you can pray for them. Amen? You can. 
And my friend, when you pray for them, prayer makes a huge, huge difference. Listen to this. Paul told the Thessalonians, he said, brethren, pray for us. Paul told the churches, the Christians in Rome, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. He says, I pray that you strive together with me. In other words, whenever you pray, Paul says, whenever you pray for me, you are getting involved in my ministry and we are striving together. You become a part of my ministry as you pray for me. And so as you pray for your missionaries out of River City Baptist Church, you become a part of that ministry. Amen? You get involved with what they're doing and God will bless you for it. So what I'm saying today is that let me encourage you to get involved and not only to give, not only to encourage, but to pray for you missionaries. I'm going to close out with this. There was a, uh, we, uh, when I, I went to Trinity Baptist College here in Jacksonville, Florida, way back in another dispensation, way back in the 90s. And um, when I was there, uh, I had a classmate named Marvin Harris. And he was an older uh, college student that, you know, he was probably, at that time, uh, he was probably already in his 40s. You know, and we were young college students in our 20s. And, uh, but, he, but God had called him to go to Mexico. And so Brother Harris, he, uh, him and his wife went through the four years and sacrificed and then they graduated, they went on deputation, and they head off to go to Mexico. Whenever they went to Mexico, and he told me this story, he said after he was there for a couple of months, one day a bunch of uh, cartels broke in, climbed over his fence, broke into his house, and began to rob the house with him and his wife in there and some others, and they tied them up and threw them in the center of the floor in the living room. And as they tied them up and threw, had them all tied on the floor, they began to ransack the house and rob it. At that particular time, Marvin did not know fluent Spanish, but he knew enough. So he heard them talking, and they assumed that he did not know any Spanish at all, but he could understand what they're saying. And as they got done robbing the house, and they were all sitting there on the floor, sitting on the floor, all tied up together, they were all got together, all the robbers and uh, all these cartel people, and they began to talk among themselves. Well, now that we robbed the house, what are we going to do with these people here? And they began to debate. As they began to debate, one said this, I suggest that we kill them because they saw our faces, they saw who we are. If they recognize us, then we could get caught. So I suggest that we kill them. And these are people that are cartel. I mean, they're used to killing people all the time. And whenever they said that and they heard that, they began to pray in their heart. Lord, protect us here. Lord, send your angels here to defend us. They began to talk for about 15 minutes. Are we going to kill them or are we going to let them go? Finally, the, the leader of the group says, hey, I think this time we'll just let them go. And off they went. Well, uh, the next day, uh, he ends up contacting his sending church. Hey, pray for us. You know, last night these men broke in. They were even threatened to kill us. And about that time it happened, uh, there was a lady of that church. I guess she was on the call also. And she said, what time was it that that happened, Brother Harris? And he said, and he gave her the exact time. It was around 4 p.m. in the afternoon the day before. She goes, was it at 4 p.m.? He goes, yes. She goes, she goes, Brother Harris, she goes, yesterday at 4 p.m. exactly, God impressed upon my heart to pray for you. I didn't know what it was about. I don't know why, but God definitely put that upon my heart. She goes, I got that on my knees, and I prayed for God's protection upon you and upon your family. And it was the exact time, exact same time, that those people were debating about killing them and their home in Mexico. What I'm saying is this. Your participation with your missionaries has a huge, huge impact. We got people here today, you don't know nothing about your missionaries. 
You don't know their faces. You don't know their names. If that be you today, here's my challenge for you today. Start getting prayer cards. Me and my wife, we have a stack of prayer cards. Before you leave this church today, grab one of our prayer cards. Put it somewhere that you can remember or maybe where you spend your prayer time. And me and Brother Jerry uh, and the other missionaries out of this particular church, you pray for them and ask God to, to, to encourage them, ask God to supply their needs, and, 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 and you, you write them a letter every now and then if you can. Because, my, listen, brother, if you don't do that, we can't go to the mission field. We can't do missions. We have to have you. You're not just, this is not, I read one time that the church is not just a cruising ship where people 10% do all the work and then 90% sit back and take it easy. No, this is a battleship. And everybody here, you have a position and there's something that you can do to contribute to winning the war of this thing that's called missions. At this particular time, we have the people come up for the, the scene for the invitation time.